Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. This is a lessons learned episode because March crept up on me. I know I'm supposed to be doing a Just Friggin' Do It episode the first Friday of every month, but... February only has 28 days. (laughs) Last week, I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't done my newsletter. So my February newsletter went out in March. And then, oh, and if you're not on my newsletter, you should get on it because I always, I think, I don't think, share a tip that I believe is helpful. I usually get responses. So that's always a good sign. Uh, And then I have my five favorite things and my five favorite things this past month were really good. I think usually things that I have purchased that I find helpful. Uh, and this past month I did got a new pair of cheap AirPods. Although last month I recommended AirPods, but there, there are ones that I found, but I hadn't bought them. These I bought, I must've manifested losing cause I lost one of my AirBuds. Uh, and so I had to go buy. And so I'm wondering if I manifested that by putting it in the newsletter in uh, Feb- uh, January. And I didn't even realize I had recommended. I went back and I was looking at my last month's favorite things after I sent the newsletter out. And I was like, oh, I recommended another pair. Uh, but yeah, but and then the cleaning ladies found the one I lost after I ordered the new pair. So now I have an extra set of really nice, cheap AirPods um, or AirBuds, whatever you want to call them. So anyways, I'm saying this because February is a short month and now we're in March and I'm supposed to be doing a Just Friggin' Do It episode and it's going to have to be next Friday because I already had a plan for today. And the plan for today's episode is based on the fact of my youngest daughter is going through major change in her life and my students that just came into the second half Spark School, in fact, we've had two coaching calls they are going through massive change. And so it's like, okay, we need to talk about change because change, if you want happiness, true happiness, and you're not feeling happy, it requires change. If you're feeling happy, great. Then you probably don't need to listen to this episode. Or you need to listen to it for a friend or refer it for a friend who's not happy. Because if you are not happy, you need to change something. But we avoid change because we see change as bad, even though we're not happy. And it's crazy, but that's just the way human brain works. We see change as super uncomfortable 
and we see change as like a security threat. It's just the way the human brain works. And I talk about this in my free trainings. I obviously talk about this in the second half spark school, but the good thing about the students in the second half spark school is they've decided to get uncomfortable. They've decided the change they want has to happen and they're committed to it even if it's going to be uncomfortable, even if it might be a little risky threat-wise. Because when we change, in a way, threat is threatening to who we are, what's going to happen. And so I I came up with the 3Ds, and I think I've talked about them in a previous episode, but I'm going to rehash them here just because I it helps with the conversation about change. Because this is it was a download from the universe that I got, and I put it into my training because it's so accurate on what happens. And my daughter, I'm so proud of her because she did not let these three Ds devour her. I call them the three Ds that devour us. And we resist change instead of embracing change. So the three Ds are, and they relate to timeframes. We dwell on the past, keeps us stuck in the past, right? And not wanting to change. We're so stuck in the past, we can't even like attempt any change. We disregard the present, so we don't have this abundant mindset, and we dread the future because what's in the future, we're not going to change because it's too scary predicting the worst. So that's the dread. So we dwell, disregard, and dread in those three timeframes, and that keeps us from change that keeps us from moving forward um more the dwell in the in the dread not so much the disregard the disregard's kind of a separate topic i can talk about another episode um but that's that's more about abundance and appreciating what you have um and a lot of times we want to force something and we we focus so much on lack that uh we get stuck there we get stuck there thinking about just the lack and not the abundance of it. And sometimes we, we, we get stuck there and we can't move uh, because we're not okay with what we have. It's, it's um, you know, if you've ever studied manifestation or the law of attraction, it's like uh, being okay with what you have releases your attachment to that, to what you need or want. It's, so you, it's kind of like being okay and abundant in your mindset is, is a sense of detachment in that, in that really needy mindset. All right. So anyways, um, so let's focus on dwell and, and dread. So my daughter is moving and she's moving her family. She's got two boys, uh, two and four and a half, and she's moving to a whole new city, two hours from where she lives. She's moving from a place she lived her whole entire life. And she not only is moving, but as a mom, when she moved into the house that she lives in right now, or actually she's moved, so she's not living there anymore. But the beginning of the week, she was living in this house. She moved into that house when she was pregnant with her first child. So there's a lot of great memories in that house. And she loved the house. It was a cute little house, perfect location. Uh, and 
a lot of life was lived in that house. Gosh, I'm going to probably get choked up talking about it. I personally loved the house. It had a great little suite for me when I went up to visit. And it's where I raised my kids, not in that house, but in that in that area. In fact, the funny thing is, is the house that they were in, you could see my elementary school from her, her front window. And when she and her husband found that house, they she didn't even know that that's where I lived from my when I was eight to when I was 12. So I, I moved in third grade, the middle of my third grade, and I went to that school the rest of third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade, because that's elementary where where I live um, or lived. So my house that I lived in is within walking distance from that house. So lots of history where she lived for not just her in the last five years, but for me as well. So I know how I feel and have felt when I've done big moves as a mom. And you're always thinking about, oh my gosh, how could it be better where I'm going? Dread, right? How can it be any more happier than the last five years have been? And is moving potentially a mistake? Are my kids going to, would they be happier if I stayed here in the city, in this house, which really wasn't a possibility because they were renting the house. So ultimately they would be kicked out if they didn't move. <laughs> They're very lucky to have their, their lease renewed so many years in a row because they moved in. When they moved in, I think it was just a two-year lease and then they've done year renewals ever since. Uh, and so how is this going to affect my kids? Am I making a mistake? That's where we go with our brains. We think change is always going to be a negative. We go to the negative and we want to resist it. And then we dwell on the great memories and, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, you start to think that no more good memories can be had. We want to stay and stuck even though there were a lot of reasons to move, right? Number one, they weren't investing in a purchase of a house, which is like a savings account to me. And uh, there were just he, the school system, the um, mo where they're moving, they're going to have family in the same neighborhood. They're going to have friends nearby, but we tend to think about, oh, the neighbors that moved in last summer, my son is so close to those kids and they're so cute and he goes over there and plays with them. How can we leave that? He's so happy. So we're, we look for all the positives in the past. We don't look for the negatives that, it, you know, if we don't change, what will happen. We just dwell on the positive. We dwell on, oh my gosh, I want to keep it this way. And even if it's not the best way, or it was the best way, we don't, we don't think when we think about the past necessarily about if you're, if you're navigating change, you want to, you want to stay there. 
and your mind goes to the good things and, and keeps them in your head to prevent you from changing. You're not focused. You're disregarding the present. You're disregarding how you're feeling now, right? You're disregarding the fact that you need to, you need to do something about it and you need to, you need to change. You need to embrace the change. So I talked to her and I asked her the day of the move, you know, the movers were coming and she was sharing photos and I will give her tons of credit because she said to me, she said, so many great memories were made here, but I know many more great memories are going to be made in our new house. And what a great perspective. What a great way to look at it. And I don't even think I've shared with her my the three Ds that are devouring your life. But I have taught my kids how to be positive in their approach to life and how to embrace change, that change is good and not to fear change. And she is teaching that now to her kids. And oh gosh, it brought tears to my eyes because she posted a picture of her four and a half year old because the two year olds are kind of oblivious. He doesn't know what's going on. Everything's just an adventure to him. But the four and a half year old has all the feels and he's also a very uh, sensitive kid. And so this is his first big change. He's leaving the preschool he loves that he's used to going to for day in and day out. And there was a photo of the empty house, their little family room, kitchen area, and their son, their oldest son, hugging his dad as they were right about, I'm going to cry, to leave the house. So that is not disregarding the present. That is being in the present moment and feeling the abundance of the gift of that house, feeling the abundance of the memories that have been gained and the appreciation for that, this time. And, and taking a moment and not rushing out the door, not thinking about the next thing, but actually being in the moment and looking around. And I know the houses and objects and things are, are physical things, but to me, they, 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 they almost have souls of themselves. It's like, you've been a good house. Thank you. It's time to move on, but you've been a great house. We have to do this with things. We are human. Life changes. Life goes on. And you have to do the next thing. And it's not going to be bad. You can't fear that it's going to be bad because if you fear it's going to be bad, guess what? You might manifest things into your life that you don't want. So don't do the, don't disregard. Don't Number one, don't disregard the present and do not dread the future. Think about all the good things that are going to happen going forward, even though you don't even know what they are, that energy will bring good things to you. And so she wasn't dwelling on, oh my gosh, we're leaving and it's going to be so sad. And, and first of all, that's going to make the kids sad, right? Seeing a parent, you know, have to go through those feelings. 
kids sense all that. So she's thanking the house and she's appreciating that in that moment. And she's not dwelling on what she's leaving. She's excited, even though it's scary. It is super scary. You know, she's scared about her kids adjusting. She's scared about the new uh, daycare arrangements. Um, You know, she's scared about, you know, is the house going to be okay? It's a hundred year old house they're moving into. (laughs) You know, there's going to be a lot of issues. There's a lot of work to be done. It's easy to avoid that, right? You kind of like, you can be like, oh my God, too much of a burden to even think about. Oh my gosh. But I wanted to share that story because um, she is, I'm just so proud of her because she's not letting the 3Ds devour her. And, uh, And she's embracing change with the positive attitude that you need to in life when you're dealing with change. But it's hard when we're feeling stuck and we're unhappy and I have a great story to share uh, because this was shared by my coach a while ago. And it's a great story that explains why people don't embrace change, why they are afraid to make a change, right? Are you going to listen up here to my little story? It's about a dog. All right. So here we go. Tim just moved to a new neighborhood recently. He likes his house. Isn't that funny? Speaking of moving, (laughs) he likes his house and the environment. And there is one thing he doesn't get. His neighbor has a dog that keeps howling nonstop day in, day out. Initially, Tim thinks that the dog is just going through a phase. So he ignores the howls, thinking it will eventually stop howling. But the dog continues to howl. One day passes. Nothing changes. Two days pass. Still howling. Three days, five days, a week, a month. Still howling with no signs of stopping. Finally, Tim can't stand it anymore. One fine day, he walks over to his neighbor's house to see what's going on. Sure enough, there's the dog sitting on the front porch, howling pitifully to whoever is walking by. On the other hand, his neighbor is sitting on his bench in the front yard, leisurely reading his newspaper and sipping a cup of coffee. So Tim walks up to the neighbor and says, hi, I'm Tim. I live next door. And the neighbor answers, hi, I'm John. Then Tim says, is this your dog? By chance, it's been howling nonstop. And then John says, oh, yes, he is. Sorry about the howls. I hope they are not bothering you. And then Tim says, why does he keep howling? And John says, well, that's because he's sitting on a nail. And Tim says, sitting on a nail? And he looks at the dog, bewildered, and asks, all right, why doesn't he just get away from the nail, move off the nail? And then John responds, well, Tim. And he takes a slow sip of his coffee before replying. That's because he doesn't find it painful enough yet. Wow. That's what we do. We are in pain when we are unhappy. 
It might not feel like a cut pain, but it is painful when you're not where you should be. You're not living from a place of authenticity. Uh, You're not living from a place of purpose, fulfillment. You don't feel valued. You uh, just aren't living the life that you're supposed to live because we're not supposed to feel like that. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be, you know, really at peace. And you're not at peace when you're in a swirl of discontent. And we're supposed to feel joyful. That's what we're supposed to be as, as humans and, and as our souls. And, and our soul is suffering if we're not feeling that way. But it often takes some kind of a train wreck, some kind of a huge life slap in the face before we'll actually change. So the dog sitting on the nail is change needs to happen. Change needs to happen. He's suffering. But he's not suffering enough to do the scary thing that is going to require him to get off the nail. And that's because getting off the nail is equal to the unknown. You know, the poor little dog's dreading that it's going to be worse if he gets off the nail when actually it's going to get better. And we can't see that. And that that makes me sad because in terms of like the people who go through my free training and don't choose to make a commitment to change. Now, maybe some of them are going through and doing it themselves, but massive change usually requires someone else's perspective to help you navigate through it. And so I'm really proud of my students because like I said, we've had two calls uh, we actually had a call, a third call with, um, wasn't a coaching call, but it was a call with Alex Paulos, who it's a bonus I give my students. He's a personality expert. And there is some like realizations happening on what people are doing to really not shine as their true self. And we wear masks because in a lot of ways, us women we're nurturers. You know, it's like, I know my daughter, as she's going through this big, huge move and change, she's more worried about other people than her own self. She's more worried about her kids and how they'll adjust and how this will affect them and leaving this house that they've always known and going to a brand new neighborhood and who, who knows. And so our, our defense systems often are, make us adapt to help other people when we're not even helping ourselves we're not really living in our truth by denying the change that needs to happen. And so what I'm so proud of about this group of students is that they're embracing change. They're, they're navigating the choppy waters right now. The, the, the seas will get calm. It's just that you have to go through the choppy seas to get calm. You know, the choppy seas don't last forever. It's just temporary. And then, oh my gosh, when they become calm, it's like, ah. So we we just tend to want to always stay in calm seas. But the calm seas is not where the magic is. 
You learn so much when you navigate through choppy seas and then become so much more appreciative once you get to that that place. So I hope this makes sense. I, I really want to talk about how my daughter's navigating change and it's a move. So it's not really like an internal, you know, shift in finding her authentic self. Um, they're, they're, it's kind of two different ways of looking at things, but they're still, it's still change. My students are doing this internal shift and she's doing this kind of external shift of her environment. They're both change and they both affect us. And, and it, it's change that we, we, sometimes prevent we we often prevent because it's more it's easier to stay on the nail than get off the nail and then we don't realize that getting off the nail is gonna be so amazing we're dreading getting off the nail we're not thinking about we're not excited about getting off the nail and that's what actually happens is once you do it and you look back, you think, I should have been excited about it because look at the change and how happy I am now navigating through those choppy waters. Look at how happy I am now. So instead of dreading the future, we should be embracing and being excited about the future. And then when we have that mindset, it, everything shifts. We don't look at change. We, we look at changes seeking change. If we could, if every human could seek change, which is really, I think you can call personal growth change, but so many of us don't want to grow personally because we're so busy being victims and thinking it's somebody else's fault and, if only he would change or only if she would change and we're not looking at what can we do to change, to embrace the change in ourselves that will get us off the nail, that will make us happier, that will allow us to live in our most authentic self and getting to a place of peacefulness and joy because it's there. It is there for us. It is like on a silver platter waiting for us. <laughs> but we just have to stop dwelling, disregarding, and dreading. Just shift that and start to look at change as a positive. My coach says something that I love. And he says he seeks the discomfort. So getting out of your comfort zone, you know, change is on the other side of, you know, your comfort zone. You've got to walk through and get to the discomfort. And he says he seeks discomfort because that's the only way he knows he can, he can grow. And I share that uh, graphic in my free training. And it shows that when you're in the comfort zone, that you're not growing, you got to get past that fear and then there's growth. And then you find more value in your life. You connect to who you are and you, and then you find purpose ultimately and meaning, but it's not where you are. It's not on the nail. You won't find it on the nail. Yeah. So that's the story. That's the embracing change message that I had for you today. So thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. 
If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.